0: Are you wondering what it looks like to have a stronger, more vibrant marriage? Maybe you have a good marriage, but you want to be sure that you're nurturing it well. Well, this is the topic of today's episode on the Dorinda Wilson podcast. Welcome everyone. I'm Dorinda, wife to one for 33 years, mom to eight, Nana to 10, and 28-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word, and The Four Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. Um, I would love for you to check any of those books out. Go to Amazon.com or you can go to my website, therendawilson.com. And you can find the four-hour school day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the places that I just mentioned. If you would like to receive a free um, digital download of Encouraging a Homeschool Heart Um, This is a devotional that I wrote specifically to go with and accompany the four-hour school day. So you can do that by simply clicking on the link that I'm providing in the show notes and uh, subscribing to my monthly email newsletter. Lastly, are you looking for a new math curriculum? CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Creative graphics and animation synchronized with the friendly voice of internationally acclaimed teacher, Pat Murray, makes learning math easy and effective. Favorably reviewed by Kathy Duffy's 103 Top Picks and the Old Schoolhouse Crew Review, uh, these lessons are short and concise to help your child break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. Visit ctcmath.com today to start your free trial. That's ctcmath.com. I'll leave a link for that in the show notes as well. Lastly, I have an exciting new resource from Classical Conversations to share at the end of this episode. So be sure to listen after we close in prayer together. All right, I think it's safe to say, moms, that we all want strong, healthy marriages. But the truth is that the best way for that to happen is for our marriages to be Christ-centered. Today, Scott LaPierre is back to help us discover ways to move toward more Christ-centered Marriages. Now, Scott joined us a, several episodes ago to help give us a biblical view on finances. So if you didn't get to listen to that one, I encourage you to do that. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that as well. And just to let you know, sometimes if you're listening from a different platform other than my website, sometimes those platforms don't include all of the show notes. So if you feel like something's missing, go to my website, find the the podcast, and you'll be able to see all the show notes there if that's ever a problem for you. All right. So I just want to introduce Scott. Uh, Scott LaPierre is the teaching pastor of Woodland Christian Church in Woodland, Washington, an author and conference speaker. He holds a Master of Arts degree in Biblical Studies from Liberty University. Scott and his wife Katie have nine, is it 10 now? You have 10 now.
1: <laughs> you got a good memory. So uh, <laughs> we're due in October. So coming up due on in October. Born, uh, yes.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. And um, they are passionate about home. They're passionate homeschooling advocates. Scott is a former school teacher and army officer. You can learn more about Pastor Scott at his website, uh, scottlapierre.org. All right, Scott, welcome. Thanks for joining us again.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Dorinda. I was really glad to get an invitation to come back and have this time with you and your listeners.
0: Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, a challenge sometimes for those of us who homeschool, and I know you are v- probably very aware of this, you know, having the kids home all day, which is, it's what we want. It's a lifestyle we've chosen, but it can be challenging when it comes <laughs> to our marriage life, you know, um, mm-hmm. making sure that that marriage is nurtured. I have seen more than one homeschooling family or, you know, a couple that homeschooled their kids once the kids were grown, they ended up getting a divorce or separating or just Mm. having a lot of marital problems. And so I think if we can get in front of this and really, um, make sure that we're nurturing our marriages in a way that is Christ centered, because at the end of the the day, that's the only solid foundation really for a, a strong, healthy marriage. Yeah. So you wrote a book called, um, Your Marriage, God's Way. So can you just share with us real briefly, what even made you decide to write that book?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Dorinda, and so it was me observing many of the things you're talking about in my congregation, and so I'm kind Mm -hmm. of a verse-by-verse guy expositionally Mm -hmm. going through Mm -hmm. books of the Bible, and I'm kind of talking to the elders, and it's like, hey, I don't I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but there's a lot of struggling marriages in our church. And I, I have a real conservative church, you know, I think lots of healthy, mature believers. And so I was surprised by the amount of marriage counseling and some of the struggles I was seeing. And they said, hey, let's just do and we went to we went to an ACBC training at a local, a local church in Oregon. I live in Washington State. So we headed south to this church that puts on a lot of ACBC, Association of Certified Biblical Counselors trainings. Okay. And that church did a marriage month and the elders were like, Hey, we should do a marriage month. And so to strengthen the marriages in our church. And then the running joke was this marriage month became the marriage year because <laughs> I kept preaching these sermons. You know, I'm, I've got four or five in mind and I found tons of content, you know, thinking I'm going to go through Ephesians five, but that took mm-hmm. more than four weeks. And then there's these mm. marriages in the old Testament that are incredibly instructive for us. We're, we're looking at Abraham and Sarah. We're looking at, you know, Jacob and and Rachel and Leah. We're looking at Um, you know, Hannah and her husband, and and so then I had all this content, and I go over my sermons with my wife, and for years she'd been telling me, you know, you pour your heart into these into these messages, you ought to turn them mm-hmm. into a book. And mm-hmm. I just kept putting it off because I'm already busy enough with a bunch right. of kids and being a pastor. <laughs> and then, but then when I preached that marriage series, like, no, this is it. You know, we need to take vacation. You need to put this together. And mm-hmm. so that was, that was the genesis for the book, or I guess I would say the genesis for the book was really seeing the need in my church. Right. I right. wasn't doing marriage conferences at that time. I wasn't traveling the country or anything that came from from the book. And then I saw even more the need for healthy marriages. And so I do marriage conferences more than any other speaking.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So um, there are lots of marriage books out there. I mean, they're just, you know, there's a ton of them, even if you're Mm -hmm. just going to look for only Christian books on marriage. Mm -hmm. So tell us how your book um, is different than other marriage books.
1: Yeah, great question. And, and you know, just from publishing or working with publishers that one of the first questions they're going to ask is basically that question, you know, why why one more finance book? Why one more homeschooling book for mothers, right? Mm-hmm, you know, that, that's mm-hmm. what you're targeting and and you had some way to set your, your book or books apart. And they had the same question for me. It's like lots of marriage books out there. Why, you know, publish something if it's the content that's already been published. And I said, I don't think it is, you know, it's, it's strictly biblical. Um, I mean, you can say a lot of things about, about other marriage books, but you might not be able to say that they're drawing on scripture pretty much mm-hmm. for almost everything they say and that that's mm-hmm. the case for my book not mm-hmm. not because it's like you know I'm this I'm this great bible scholar but because they came from the sermons that I preached in my church right. you know I, my sermons I'm laboring over them for 20 30 hours a week and those sermons were the content for for my marriage book so they must be mm-hmm. very biblical yeah mm-hmm, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that is so true there's a lot of you know just sort of it's really secular it's, it's it's secular advice mm-hmm. kind of well kind of dressed up in well with set. a few psychology. bible verses yep. in psychology <laughs> yeah yeah to kind of just make it palatable um but the depth is really what we need to know about mm-hmm. and you know just like what does god actually say about marriage how important mm-hmm. is it to him um and you know every marriage faces problems there's not a marriage out there that's perfect so You know, maybe just share some of the most common marriage problems that people face because I think sometimes they think they're alone. And it's mm-hmm. good to hear that, okay, the, this is really, really common.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well said. Great, you know, and and it's it's similar people to this issue. I see people coming to the church and they're like, oh, everyone has their life together, you know, and we're the only one with family problems. Right. And I'm like, no, everyone here has family problems. Everyone has parenting problems. Everyone has marriage problems. A marriage is two selfish, sinful people who are expected to do life together for years. And so the, right. the people like you who can say, you know, I've been married for 30 some years, or people who say, 40 or 50, that's not because they had a perfect effortless marriage. Mm-hmm. It's because they were committed to their spouse, but even more importantly, I would say committed to Christ because it's really mm-hmm. our commitment to Christ that allows us to persevere in our in our marriages.
0: That's and absolutely so, true. Mm-hmm. And so,
1: yeah, and I mean, if I'm doing marriage counseling with a couple, I can't encourage them to draw on their feelings or attraction or affection for their spouse because right now they're upset with their spouse. They might hate their spouse. So if I've got two people who are sitting on opposite ends of the couch and I'm counseling them and I tell the husband, Hey, you need to love your wife because remember you do love her. She's so wonderful and she deserves it, which is not true because none of us deserve,
0: um,
1: (laughs) you know, no, no husband deserves, no husband deserves to be respected. I mean, he's a sinner and no wife Mm -hmm. deserves to be loved because she's a sinner. So I Mm -hmm. can't draw on that horizontal relationship. Counseling, mm-hmm. I can't tell a husband, hey, you go ahead and love your wife because she's so lovable. Because at that moment, he's pretty convinced she's terribly unlovable. Right. And I can't tell that wife, well, you know, God's word commands you to see your husband as the head of the family and to respect him. And because she thinks he's unrespect, you know, not respectable.
0: Right. 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 So you got
1: to draw on the vertical relationship. You got to actually tell the husband, you know what? At this time, you don't think your wife deserves to be loved, but Christ does. And you tell mm-hmm. the wife, no, your husband. You don't think he deserves your submission, but Christ does deserve your submission.
0: Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. you do
1: these things in marriage, not for your spouse. You do them for Christ.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so that's really what you hope people, and that, that's why I tell people at marriage conferences, I begin with this point that that your marriage is a reflection of your relationship with Christ. You do what you do in marriage. I'll ask people, I'll say, why do you treat your spouse the way you do? You know, and give them some time to think about it. And then I'll say, you treat your spouse the way you do because of your relationship with Christ. It's a reflection or outpouring of that. Because if you're a husband, if you love Christ, you're going to love your wife. Well if you're a wife and you want to submit to Christ you're going to submit to your husband and there's qualifications mm-hmm. I mean there's boundaries sure. on submission sure. um, but with that mm-hmm. said we do understand that's a primary command for wives and so you've got to you've got to encourage people to look vertically because they definitely when they look horizontally they just feel frustration and and right. hostility, right, right, um, and those those most common marriage problems. To to get back to your question, mm-hmm. well, one of them we talked about in the last message, finances. And I found that giving people marriage co- counseling is often giving people financial counseling. So my other mm. my other book, Your Finances God's Way, I started preaching on finances because I saw financial. Problems in the church, but I saw financial problems for marriage counseling because
0: sure. so many
1: times spouses are fighting about marriage. The second thing, a big problem, can be in laws, and it, and mm-hmm. I love I love Katie's parents. I named my my oldest son after her father, um, but there's things that can be said if if we end up going that direction in the interview. But uh, but then the third issue, which I think would be better to talk about, is children or parenting. Mm-hmm. There's frequent even the even this morning something happened with one of my sons and. I talked to him in a way that Katie thought was harsh, and mm-hmm. she, you know, kind of uh, asked if she could talk to me privately, which I appreciate her doing, not, mm-hmm. not um, criticizing me in front of the kids, and she was right. And I said, she said you didn't. That was harsh to, to talk to him that way. And so she said, you know, you're going to be going to the office. You should try to reconcile with him. And so mm-hmm. I went over to that son. I said, hey, I'm sorry. I, sh- I shouldn't have talked to you like that. You know, will you forgive mm-hmm. me? And he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I could tell he felt fine. I'm like, no, you got to give get up, give me a hug, two arms here. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so he stands up. You know, we have a nice, nice little reconciliation there. And then I mm-hmm. head off to work to do this interview. Right. And so, <clears throat> but different views about parenting is is one of the issues. And then the fact that you've got a couple, marriage is already difficult with just two people. Well, then you throw in children on top Mm -hmm. of that and all the stress and anxiety from having children or sleepless nights And then on top of that, you throw in homeschooling, which is (laughs) the case for, for many of, for your listeners, nobody, nobody homeschools because they say, I want my life to be easier, right? Right. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) says, nobody says, you know, I just, I have so much time and my life is so carefree, you know, we, we homeschool because knowing the trials and difficulties and struggles, and, and we have conversations with our kids and our kids sometimes, you know, they can, We've, we live near a couple public schools or we drive past them and they see mm-hmm. kids at recess playing and they it's to them it looks like this, you know, kind of fun experience. But they they know that we're buying curriculum. They know we're spending money. They know we're making this huge investment in them and they appreciate it even if they sometimes wonder. And I was an elementary school teacher before pastoring. And so I can tell my kids with credibility what it's like in the in this, mm-hmm. And it's gotten actually gotten considerably worse even since right. I left left teaching. Sure. As your listeners know, mm-hmm. but so there's mm-hmm. that stress with with parenting and with children. And there's this joke, Katie. Katie and I try to get away once or twice per year together. And we ha- kind of have this joke that if we didn't have any kids, we'd get along perfectly, which isn't, tot- <laughs> which isn't totally true because we'd still have our, our issues. But right. because of the children, there's just, sometimes you you have conflict with your spouse and it has nothing to do with your spouse. It's just because you're kind of like living right there on the edge because mm-hmm. stress and anxiety is so high with, mm-hmm. with your kids and with homeschooling and you, you know, you take it out on the people around you, which happens to be your spouse.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. They're the easiest to target and usually the closest. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so true, you know, Um, and it's, it's the thing that I, I'm, you know, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, you know, kind of past, you know, the third of a century that my husband and I have been married. And, and I can honestly say, because, you know, our focus was, was mostly like keeping our focus on the Lord, first of all, and, and his ways and how he says that marriage should be, Mm -hmm. should be lived out. Um, All of the things that you mentioned the in-laws, the finances, the kids, all of that has Mm. actually made our marriage stronger. Mm. And, and this is what I think parents need to hear. It's, it's, you know, you hear all the common problems and you're like, how in the world are we ever going to make it? You know, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, that's, we have this redeeming God who loves to take what Satan means for evil and use it for good. He takes Mm -hmm. things that would, would take down the, the average person who doesn't know the Lord, Mm um, are things that will actually strengthen um, his people, the, those who do love him. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something to really bear in mind. And it's just such a, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to play out. And then as you get into, you know, like as we're going into, you know, um, well, we'll be 34 years in September. So we're kind of more in the the next season in terms of, you know, our marriage and all of that. We love spending time together. Like when yeah. we travel, it is a hoot. We just, we love being together. We love, and I just think I'm so thankful. Um, but, you know, that doesn't just happen mm-hmm. um, because there's a shift that happens when the kids leave. Um, there's a bit of a, it, it's kind of a a whole sort of upheaval in terms of, you know, identity and that kind of thing, especially for mom. I feel like dad's dad's life continues to kind of like move forward because he's, he's been the one kind of working and bringing home the bacon. So Mm -hmm. he's had a a life, you know, kind of not separate, but, you know, kind of separate from the family, you know, Mm -hmm. he's got this, his work, you know, and mom, that's not, that's not the case. At least it wasn't for me. Um, And so there's this shift that happens. And um, one of the things that I was so thankful for as I Str- have struggled through that is to have a spouse that I know that I can count on mm-hmm. to have that, that foundation so solid that as we are, we we go through this, as we kind of transition to this new season, I feel secure because mm-hmm. I know that, you know, if I had marriage problems on top of, you know, some of the things that I've struggled with the last few years. It would be really, really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and that's part of the reason we wanted to do this podcast is like, you know, what you're doing right now at home, moms, um, as you're homeschooling your kids is important, but mm-hmm. not to the neglect of your marriage. And so mm-hmm. we, we want to make sure that we're, you know, bringing that topic up periodically as a, just sort of a gentle reminder.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, with nine kids and a 10th on the way, you know, kids will say, hey, (laughs) "Hey, who do you love most? And I'm like, well, you know, that's a super easy question, your mother, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yeah. And there are times that my husband would just, he would want to do something with me or, you know, would want me for something. And, and he was very good about like laying his own life down in his own wants and needs for the kids. But Mm -hmm. every now and then he would say to me, no, this is a line. I'm drawing. I, I just, I, they're going to be fine. We need to go and spend some time together, you know? And so, you know, and for me to, you know, be willing to let go of that and to, you know, submit to that, um, could sometimes be a little bit of a struggle, but I knew he was right, you know? And I also knew that, when he said those things, like he wasn't just saying it off the cuff, like I could count on the fact that God was leading him. And so I trusted that God was leading him. And I would just say, okay, then I'm going to do this. And so, you know, so let's talk a little bit about that because I felt like that was a really great way that my husband loved me. He he loved Mm -hmm. me. He's loved me in many different ways, but that was one of them. So tell us more, um, maybe describe a little bit more about what it means for husbands to love their wives.
1: Yeah, great. So that that's the primary command for husbands. I'm assuming most of your listeners know that And in mm-hmm. Ephesians 5, 25, love your wives as, as Christ loves the church and gave himself up for her. And mm-hmm. so the interesting thing is following that verse, there's a bunch of other verses. And so it kind of begs the question, well, if that's the command you know, then why are there other verses following that command? Well, the answer is that the following verses or subsequent verses explain what it looks like for husbands to obey that command. Because mm-hmm. if you ask like a hundred people what it looks like for a husband to love his wife, you're probably going to get, you know, about a hundred different answers. And <laughs> yes. if, you, if you talk to people in the world, it's going to sound like materialism probably, you know, take your right. wife on a vacation, buy her expensive jewelry, you know, make sure right. she lives in a, in a fancy house. And and that's not at all what, what God says. He talks about husbands who sanctify, cleanse their wives by the washing of water with the word. And so it's a description of what Christ does with the church, but we're to look past that description of Christ's relationship to the church to see marriage and what husbands are to do with their wives or treat their wives the way that Christ treats the church. And so the way that Christ... Um, sanctifies the church cleanses it washes it with the word is the expectation that husbands are going to do that too and there's and there's mm-hmm. lots of ways for husbands to do that uh, foundationally taking their wives to church and so for any of your uh, female listeners, you know, I would encourage them if they have a husband who takes them to church, not to take that for granted, but to, Mm -hmm. you know, at the soonest time they can tell their husband and say, Hey, I know there's a lot of wives who wish their husbands would take them to church. I know there's a lot of wives who'd be able to sit next to their husbands on the Lord's day and worship, you know, corporately with the body of Christ. And, and so I'm just thankful you do that for me. I don't know if I tell you that enough, but it really means a lot to me. And, and so, cause I, and I deal that's my world, you know, I deal with women who tell me, I wish my husband would come to church with me. I wish he would pray mm-hmm. with me. I wish he'd mm-hmm. read the word with me. Mm-hmm. And so anytime I can talk to women whose husbands do that, even if their husbands do a poor job, and I'll comment on that in just a moment, I, I tell those wives, you need to be thankful and not take for granted what you have. Cause there's probably 99% of the, of the, you're in like, the, if you have a husband who takes you to church, prays with you, reads the word with you, you're in like 0.001% of the population. Wow. And so the other thing is, Most husbands are not in in my position, Dorinda. They're not studying Mm -hmm. God's word, you know, 20, 40 hours per week. They're not, this is my life. You know, I I do either podcasts or respond to emails. I prepare sermons and studies. Almost everything has me saturated in the word because of my profession. But Mm -hmm. that's not the case for most men. And so I'm not minimizing a man's need to know God's word, but I'm making a point to women that they can't expect, you know, a Billy Graham crusade or a John MacArthur right. sermon every time he <laughs> he opens the word with his right. wife. And so, right. and I'll tell wives, I'll say, Hey, if your husband opens the word with you and he, and he butchers every word, you know, and it's boring, or he wants to look at Leviticus with you, you know, which uh, mo- nobody, nobody ever says, Hey, that's my favorite book of the Bible. Right you, right. you still need to be, you still need to thank him. And, and even if it's like, pretty boring and he can't answer mm-hmm. different questions. Just be thankful for a man that's, because the power is in God's word to wash over the wife yes, anyway. It, so.
0: Absolutely. And, and in the fact that he is obeying God, Yep, he's doing what God has told him to do. And no matter how you know it doesn't have to be glamorous or fancy like you said it just needs to be simple obedience God honors well that said. he mm-hmm. does and
1: and so that's putting yourself in a position to to be a recipient of God's grace you know I t- mm-hmm. you can't earn God's grace i mean it's unmerited favor but you can put yourself in a position to to receive it and to be or to be honored as you said by him mm-hmm. and so when mm-hmm. husbands do that i think they're they are they're they're allowing God to work mightily through what, what the husband is doing, even if he's not doing it. Because the, the problem is, you know, women are listening to men at conferences or they're passed around Sunday, these super gifted, you know, you turn on your right. radio, listen to a sermon, that guy's on the radio because he's a gifted speaker.
0: Right. And,
1: and then a husband is terrified because he thinks, I mean, I think a lot of women don't know this. I mean, we could have a whole podcast episode about this. I talk about this uh, at different places across the country. I help women understand that most men are terrified to pray or read the word with mm-hmm. their wives. And I I learned that we project ourselves on others. So because it's super comfortable for me to preach or teach, I assume other men are comfortable with that. I see men build their houses or work on cars, which are things I can't do. And I'm like super mm-hmm. impressed, but they look at me and they're like, oh man, I can never do what you do. And I'm like, I can never do what you do. I can't believe right. you know what it, what an, how to work an engine in a car and things like that. Right. right. Well, because I project myself on men, it took, it took the number of men talking to me, telling me, saying, hey, you know, Scott. God, I listen to what you're saying. I want to be a spiritual leader. I want to do these things in my home, but I'm afraid I won't know what to say. But I'm afraid I won't answer questions correctly. But I'm afraid I'm not. I'm not kidding when I say this. My wife might criticize me, or my wife mm-hmm. might even laugh at something I say, or my kids. And mm. and so I tell. So like, I love opportunities. I I actually was in, was invited to speak at a ladies' conference, and. I thought that was great because it allowed me to tell women what their hus- how their husbands feel, you know, right. because they it just like um, a woman could probably tell a lot of men how a wife feels because we don't know that, and so right. I shared this with these women and said, hey, you know, this is how men feel, and so they really need you to make more deposits than withdrawals, and understand your husband is not in in my position, and so if he just you know reads a verse and just says, does anyone have any thoughts? And then reads the next verse with his family, and it says, does anyone have any thoughts? That's a super way to to handle God's Word Mm
0: -hmm. with his family, Mm
1: -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't have a lot of time, or were you going to say something? I was talking a lot. No, go
0: ahead. No. Okay.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. sometimes we don't don't have a lot of time before prayer, you know, before we kids go to bed, and Katie will say, hey, do you just want to do like one verse tonight? And even one verse is better than, than nothing. You know, so if you, if it's just, we're going through Romans and if we just get one verse, that's better than not getting any verses. And other Mm -hmm. times, you know, you get three, and women say that, they say, how many verses or how long as I'm trying to set my husband up to do this? And I'm like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how many verses and kind of be led by the Lord. There's sometimes we have super healthy discussions that last a while. And there's other times where there's not a lot of discussion and maybe it wraps up in you know 15 20 minutes or something right sometimes right. we sometimes we sing a couple songs you know last night my son my kids are getting older my son is doing some music leading some worship in church I have a daughter some kids playing piano and so sometimes we do a little music sometimes we don't there's not a there's not a formula and I think right. that pe- people can get in trouble especially women they can cause problems if they start trying to define what their husband what it has to look like, you know, and I think the biggest, the biggest way a wife can help is by supporting and encouraging her husband Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. just saying, Hey, thanks for doing this. Thanks for leading Mm -hmm. our family. Thanks for reading the word with us like this. What a blessing. I feel fortunate, you know, to be married. And one of the things like, it's not like my kids all it's not like, oh, yeah, daddy's in Bible time. woohoo! let's go get our Bibles. This is so exciting. You know, that's not the response right. from my kids. And so when they're in the middle of something and Katie's like, hey, let's let's do our family or evening Bible study and the kids have to get their Bibles, if any of them like him or ha, you know, or roll their eyes, Katie's like the first one to jump in there and, and say, hey, do you have any idea how fortunate you are to have a, a dad that – does this with you and reads the mm-hmm. word with you. And it's not like I do this super great job with it. I'm impatient. Sometimes I get frustrated. Mm-hmm. The kids aren't mm-hmm. listening well. And, and, but Katie's always the first one to, you know, point out, help the kids see this correctly or defend me, things like that. Right, so women right. women play a huge part. Women yes. come in there they're like, I want my husband to do this. And they think they don't have any part in it. I want my husband to be this leader. I want, cause like what submission gets criticized. I'll make this brief, but because submission gets so much criticism, wives submitting to their husbands, you'd almost think that I'd have women lined up at the door complaining about submission or I do a marriage conference and some and women would just come up and say, oh, this is so barbaric or chauvinistic. I can't believe I'm supposed to submit to my husband. But really, Dorinda, I don't hear that. What Mm -hmm. I hear is I wish my husband would lead. That is the biggest Mm -hmm. criticism. That's the biggest complaint I hear. I can't even think of a time a woman said, I can't believe the Bible says to submit to my husband. But I can't Mm -hmm. tell you the number of times. The main complaint is, I wish my husband would be a spiritual leader. And she might not see her part in that, but I'll but I'll say, hey, you play a huge part in encouraging him in that yes. role.
0: Yes, well, and it's a role that they grow in, well you know? Said. So it's, you know, I think that just that continual encouragement, I like what you said about, you know, pointing out the fact that they're doing it and being mm-hmm. thankful for it, not saying a critical word. Um, I know that for my husband, He was just, he would sit down at the table and he would forget to read the Bible. (laughs) And I found that highly offensive briefly um, (laughs) until I talked with him about it. Because I was thinking, you know, if you're the spiritual leader, you should remember (laughs) this, right? But he was like, no, he goes, I actually need you to do that for me. I'm happy to be here, happy to do this, happy to, you know, spend this time with the kids. I think this is important for us to do but you're going to have to remind me every night.
1: <laughs> well said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, you know, it's little things like that where we just go, "Oh, okay, yeah, no problem. I can totally do that. We don't make a big deal out of it. We don't roll our eyes. We don't go for well you know, you know, we're just like, just every little step. We're just, yay. Well, I'm so glad you're doing this. This is fantastic. And yeah. I love what you said about the wife sort of being, sort of setting the tone a little bit with the kids. Like, I would take the responsibility if my husband was reading. Sometimes we we took turns reading. Um, I would, you know, whoever wasn't reading sort of took responsibility to make sure that the kids weren't getting too rowdy and and things like that. And and that was another way to really um, just kind of help my husband. With that process of mm-hmm. of leading us, so um, and yeah. Because the other thing
1: is, that if a woman is managing the home and she's got the schedule and she knows when she wants to do meals and she knows when she mm-hmm. when homeschooling's finished or when she wants to do more things, you know, really, a, a husband is actually probably going to hear from his wife when is the best time, right? To, at least in our home, yes. Katie yes. is regularly telling me this would be the best time to do this. And mm-hmm, so I mm-hmm. appreciate her reminders and encouragement, just like your husband does right. with you.
0: Right, right. So you've kind of actually touched on um, ways that husbands love their wives, um, a little bit on wives respecting their husbands. Did you have anything you wanted to add to either of those?
1: Um, I'd say, I mean, I am talking to to wives a lot. Yes. But, um, I, know, I know there's a lot of things happening in the church right now. With mm-hmm. with patriarchy and I don't I don't use that word. I don't see it in the New Testament. I'm not against the word. Right. But because of some of the the sensitivity to it at this time, there were patriarchs in the Old Testament. But the New Testament in First Corinthians eleven or Ephesians five, it says head. It calls a husband a head of the relationship. So I, I typically use that word. I, I would just want to encourage you. you know, you know, that show that came out about the Duggars and I'm yes. we're not yes. well, I know I don't have any familiarity with ATI. I never I never have been to a Bill Gothard thing. I don't know enough to comment one way or the other. And I I just want to encourage your listeners to hold to God's word Because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we kind of, you know, we know we're supposed to walk by faith or trust God and obey like we sing in in the hymn. And we kind of think walking by faith means like you're a missionary in a third world country and you step out and just try to start a church in the rainforest or something. And, you know, that's walking by faith. No, we're all walking by faith. And one of the ways we walk by faith is we look at God's word and when it doesn't make sense or when it's getting attacked even – we still say, I'm going to hold to it and I'm going to obey it. And mm-hmm, so I just want to mm-hmm. say with some of the things that are being attacked, right? And I'm noticing this kind of, it's spilling over to be attack anyone who believes in like the biblical view of marriage or right, a complementarian right, view right. or husbands or... And I'm like, I'm kind of thinking, well, you're not criticizing Bill Gothard now or ATI or the Duggars. You're criticizing God's word because God is the one who says Mm -hmm. these things. And so I just want to encourage people to continue to walk by faith, hold to God's word, regardless, even to a sense, walking by faith means you don't always understand everything, but you still say you're going to believe it. So like hell, for example, to me, I've never understood, I've never understood how someone, even if they lived as wickedly as possible, from the moment they were born to the moment they died—not that that's even possible—but if someone could, that that would warrant an eternity in hell. But I absolutely believe it because I mm-hmm. walk by faith. God says it, and so that's mm-hmm. what we need to do with the marriage instruction commands yeah. too—is yeah. is hold mm-hmm. to them. So, yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, and I'm just gonna gonna wrap things up a little bit here, just with this little bit of encouragement for moms, um, you know, as, as a wife of, of many years, um, there's been quite a few times, especially early on where I was still learning to trust my husband's judgment. Um, you know, and so this particular biblical principle was incredibly helpful to me because, you know, after I had said my piece and told him what I thought about whatever decision was going to be made, um, I had the freedom to step back and mm-hmm. say, "I, you know, I leave it in your capable hands," and you know, really tried to tried to say some, say it in a way that um, he believed that I trusted his judgment. Mm-hmm. And I would mm-hmm. say to him, you know, um, this is this is these are my concerns or whatever. And I and I knew he heard me and he was listening. But from that point on. Um, I would then say, okay, you, um, I leave this decision up to you. Um, I trust your judgment. I'll be praying for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I would pray for him. And whatever decision was made, I knew that, that fell 100% on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. I had done my part in saying my concerns, which I do do have a responsibility to do that. Mm-hmm. As but as I also helper. have, yeah, so I actually have a responsibility also to step back and let him well said. take that leadership. And, you know, and he he just continued to grow um in that area not just in the you know the areas of you know bible reading like we were mentioning before but just across the board he's just he's kind of a natural leader anyway but this really kind of helped him I believe was, was one of the ways that God used to help grow him into a very strong patriarch. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm using the word of our Mm -hmm. family, you know, because Mm -hmm. I I do see him as that, you know, Mm -hmm. we're both, you know, grandma and grandpa now, and there's a big, you know, big, huge continuing to grow extended family. And, um, you know, so it's, it's just, it's such a sweet thing and we can spare ourselves an incredible amount of grief by just, understanding that that principle applied actually does lift burdens. It actually mm-hmm. does make it freeing. easier. Yeah, it's freeing and allows us to do what God has called us to do in, in terms of, you know, the, the the work that we're doing at home. And mm-hmm. so I, I think that whole um, idea of submission, you know, people might call it archaic, um, but it definitely, every bit of it still applies today, well, wouldn't you agree? Is.
1: I do. I mean, you're talking my okay. language. This is, yeah. <laughs> you know, I go I go across the country and I'm talking about things, and it's like refreshing for people. Not because I'm like this great speaker, great preacher, but mm-hmm. it's because people know these things are in God's word, and they're glad that someone yeah. will finally talk about it. Yes. Uh, I spoke. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I, if I um, I was I was going to speak at this at this conference. I was invited to be one of the keynote speakers to this marriage conference, and we it was kind of for, it was for a less conservative. I don't, I don't want to say liberal, but it was definitely a less conservative church, less conservative environment. And I was the most conservative of the speakers and there was concern. And so someone's like, I'll, I'll talk about husbands, love and their wives. And then the other speakers, like, I'll talk about communication. And then because I didn't have, nobody had mentioned wives submitting to their husbands, they had the primary command for husbands. I thought, well, I'll talk about I'll talk about that and immediately there was like everyone you know like the air went out of the room people are looking oh, down wow. they're all cringing like did he just say mm-hmm. why something so I, I preached that message at this conference And it was overwhelmingly received, again, not because I'm such a great expositor, but because these were people who were coming from less conservative environments where pastors shy away from dealing with this. But all of these people knew, all of the women know that that's a command in scripture for them that's repeated. It's one of the most frequent commands in the New Testament for Mm wives to submit to their husbands. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. women have this nagging suspicion that people should be talking about it. They should be teaching on this. And so when I did that, it was received, it was received well. And mm-hmm. it was like, wow, finally someone that will tell us what God's word says to wise. To yeah. And so I think godly women, they hunger and thirst for scripture and for for biblical teaching. And so they mm-hmm. love to hear, godly women do, they love to hear the, the truth of scripture communicated to them. They're craving that. In fact, right. so no, yeah, so I totally I agree. agree with you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And what you said about freedom, um, I just, there's, I have, I feel so protected. I feel like there's a big bad world out there, and my husband's shoulders a lot of the, you know, like the, whatever might be coming at us, he shoulders that and he's Mm -hmm. made to shoulder that. Like, it's not, it's not a grief to him. It's not a burden to him. It's something he, he wants to do. Mm -hmm. And when we allow them to do it and we stop trying to play both roles. Um, like you said, it is just freeing. And I feel like I can rest, my spirit can rest, awesome. my body can rest, because I know that things are in order in our home. And there is something, you know, and again, our home is not perfect by any stretch. But, mm-hmm. um, but you know, the, the basics are definitely there. And they've been there for a long time. And, and I think I just kind of want to wrap this up by saying, you know, as you go into more of the golden years, there is such a sweetness that comes with walking out those years and years and years together the way that God calls us to. I can't even, I can't describe it. It's just, there's such a connection between us and we just love and appreciate each other so much. And we don't care if we're getting older and not quite as in, you know, good a shape and got some wrinkles (laughs) and things like that. It doesn't matter. We look at each other and we're like, I am so glad I'm married to you, you know? And that's really such a, such a testimony to God's faithfulness, to his ways. Um, And so I would encourage every mom listening, if you're wanting to hear more, um, please connect with Scott. He's got um, the book that I mentioned, um, Your Marriage, God's Way. There's the finance book as well. But um, particularly today, this particular topic, I think Scott is actually really passionate about. And Mm -hmm. so share with us some ways that moms can connect with you.
1: Yeah, great. So my website, you mentioned that earlier, and it'll be in the show notes, my name is mm-hmm. Uh And that kind of has the connects you to my YouTube channel or podcast, which has my sermons, my guest preaching, my books, my, my conferences, my schedule for that. And awesome. then my page, if, if people want to invite me to do a marriage conference at their church. And then, you know, I'm not trying to make money for my books. I just want to equip people. So if money's right. tight, let me know and I can give you a free uh-huh. electronic like, copy of it. But, and I then I have that. a free gift for your listeners. It's called Seven Biblical Insights for Marriage. And you can Perfect. get that from my website. It's a short, it's a mercifully short read <laughs> <laughs> um, for, your, for your listeners. It's not a huge book and it's just got seven insights for marriage that I hope would be a blessing to your listeners. So thanks a lot for having me on the show, Dorinda. It's always a great blessing to be able to speak with you.
0: Well, I'm I'm very thankful you've been here today. If you could just close in a quick word of prayer, that'd be great.
1: Sure. Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the wonderful institution of marriage. It's a It's a gift to us. We thank you for the wonderful instruction that you've given us, and I pray we would hold to it regardless of what the world is doing or mm. throwing our way, Lord. Let us just throw ourselves into your word and obeying the commands you give us. Cause like Dorinda repeatedly said, it's very freeing for husbands and wives. It's, it's the way to live this life joyfully Mm -hmm. um, centered in your will. And so I pray that for all the listeners and bless Lorinda's show. Thanks for her heart to equip families Mm -hmm. and mothers. I pray you just continue to bless and expand her ministry. And we pray this in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Okay, moms, that uh, last exciting resource that I wanted to share with you real quickly from Classical Conversations, it's a new, uh, it's a, actually a new resource. It's called Scribblers at Home, Recipes from Lifelong Learners, an at-home curriculum for homeschool families with children ages four to eight, step-by-step activities and easy-to-follow charts will help you cultivate a love of lifelong learning in your child through intentional everyday play. Find magic in the mundane as your kitchen becomes a classroom, your backyard becomes a lab laboratory, and your child develops simple learning rhythms that will carry them through life. You can use Scribblers at Home to complement the Classical Conversations Foundation's program or just on its own. Either way, this new resource will help homeschool parents of little learners create a family environment where habits like playing, praying, and reading come naturally. This is coming soon in 2023. Learn more at classicalconversations.com slash scribblers dash Dorenda. And I will leave a link in the show notes for that. Have a great day.